0: This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. At one state university, more than 25% of students scored high on the Suicide Behavior Survey. But the administration recognized the problem.
1: We saw a a real demand for mental health counseling on campus, and we only had one full-time counselor in our counseling center. Um, We had a a wait list
0: of students who, who needed help. That story and more coming up on This West Virginia. Morning. Almost a quarter of coal fired power plants nationwide will shut down by the end of the decade. Curtis Tate has more.
2: The U.S. Energy Information Administration says 23% of coal fired power plants will retire by the end of 2029. There are currently about 200,000 megawatts of coal fired capacity in operation. But many of these plants are aging. They'd have to comply with new wastewater treatment regulations to stay in operation past 2028. The Biden administration hasn't announced its plan to cut carbon dioxide emissions from power plants. That could cause more retirements. Meanwhile, the Inflation Reduction Act, which Congress passed over the summer, provides incentives and low-interest loans to encourage a faster transition away from coal. The plants scheduled for retirement are in 24 states, including West Virginia. The four states with the most retiring plants are in Texas, Indiana, Michigan, and Tennessee. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston.
0: The governor used his COVID-19 briefing to make his final plea with voters to reject Amendment 2. Amelia Nicely reports.
1: The outcome of the Amendment 2 vote is the most important issue of Governor Jim Justice's tenure, according to the governor himself. I'm,
3: I'm telling you, there is nothing in my governorship that is as, is as important as this right here, Amendment 2, and it's got to fail. Please vote no for Amendment 2."
1: The governor has spent the last six weeks traveling around the state urging voters to reject the amendment, which would give the legislature authority to reform property taxes. The amendment is backed by top Republican lawmakers. Justice argues that the plan would take necessary dollars away from local governments. He rolled out his own plan this fall to eliminate personal property tax on vehicles through a rebate program in hopes of swaying voters against Amendment 2. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Amelia Nicely in Charleston.
0: The faculty senate at Bluefield State University has passed a vote of no confidence. Eric Douglas has the story.
2: The group approved votes of no confidence against University President Robin Capehart, the Board of Governors, and Executive Vice President and General Counsel Brent Benjamin. The vote alleged numerous violations of West Virginia state codes, state higher ed policies, and accreditation criteria concerning communication, administrative procedure, tenure, and shared governance. Charlie Cole, the chairman of the Board of Governors, said none of the legal arguments in the votes hold water. He noted that the faculty works for the president, and the president reports to the Board of Governors, so there would be no changes. The Faculty Senate voted 37 to 8 to approve the resolution against KPART. The votes against the Board of Governors and Benjamin passed by similar margins. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Eric Douglas in Charleston. $500,000
0: in federal funding is going toward the Martinsburg Initiative, which helps combat the effects of the opioid epidemic in the eastern panhandle. The funding comes from the congressionally directed spending request by Senator Shelley Moore Capito. The Martinsburg Initiative includes Berkeley County Schools, Shepherd University, the local police department, and more. Their work focuses on adverse childhood experiences research to recognize and reduce the effects of trauma connecting youth to behavioral health services that address the issues that could lead to substance use, suicide, or mental health problems. Executive Director Margaret Kersey said in a statement that the Martinsburg Initiative builds resiliency in children and families to help them overcome barriers. In their lives, and that the funding will be used on substance use prevention in Berkeley County. Amendment 2 looks to be the most contentious issue on today's ballot. Randy Yowie has the final preview.
4: If West Virginia voters say yes to Amendment 2, the legislature will have the authority to eliminate business equipment and inventory taxes and the property tax on vehicles. Rebecca McPhail is president of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association. She supports Amendment 2 in modernizing property taxes. She says when neighboring Ohio was bleeding out manufacturing jobs, it phased out its machinery and inventory tax between 2005 and 2008.
0: Between 2009 and today,
1: Ohio has added 70,000 manufacturing jobs. Um, so I think that's compelling. Is it a silver bullet? No. Is it an impediment? Absolutely.
4: Former legislator and current Marshall County Commissioner Mike Farrow says local economic development experts say the inventory tax is not a factor. He sees similar evidence with the state.
2: Our economic development council, Mitch Carmichael and everybody down here, they're bringing businesses in. The inventory tax did not matter to them.
4: McPhail says West Virginia is the only state to enshrine an untouchable tax in its constitution. She favors the Senate tax reform plan as a strong beginning.
1: A serious policy discussion about how we can best implement tax reform that's going to provide long-term growth and sustainability versus, you know, these up-and-down cycles that we have at the county level.
4: Farrell worries about what will happen if the Senate plan runs into a state revenue downturn three years down the road. He says counties will suffer. That a tax shift will occur more than likely with real estate with the assessments going up from 60 to 80% to 100%, perhaps the homestead exemption for seniors being lost. Both Farrow and McPhail favored tax reform, but Farrow says Amendment 2 is a power grab. McPhail says it's a good start. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie.
0: This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. becoming mostly sunny today, high temperatures in the 50s and 60s, clear skies overnight with lows in the 30s, and sunny tomorrow with highs in the 50s and 60s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Tora Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at ToraSavaLaw.com. Every two years, colleges across the country participate in the National College Health Assessment. At Concord, more than 25% of students scored high on the Suicide Behavior Survey. Administrators at Concord were already seeing students on waiting lists to see the campus counselor. Jessica Lilly spoke with the Dean of Students, Sarah Beasley, to find out more. Sarah Beasley
3: is Vice President of Student Affairs and Dean of Students. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Recently, Concord University hired a second counselor.
1: How did you all come to this decision? We saw a a real demand for mental health counseling on campus, and we only had one full-time counselor in our counseling center. Um, We had a a wait list of students who, who needed help. We also every other year uh, participate in the National College Health Assessment and saw things like in anxiety and depression um, high rates of those on campus and and knew we needed to get our students more help so we were able to hire a second counselor who also both of our counselors also teach within our social work program too. So the survey is something that Concord participates in anyway it just so happened that the timing was pretty Spot on. Exactly. With COVID, that certainly we saw higher demand for counseling services. Again, more anxiety, more depression, more loneliness. And our ultimate goal at Concord we want students to be successful both in and out of the classroom we want them to earn that college degree so we know to help them be successful in the classroom we need to provide the support some of the basic needs you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs is food security and then psychological needs so we've made a commitment to providing those services to our students You know, it seems
3: like everywhere we go or in every corner, we're hearing about tight budgets or, you know, inflation's happening, which is affecting everything. How did Concord
1: really make that work? Mm -hmm. It's great that our counselors can also teach within our social work program. So it's it's a win-win. It's the right thing to do to provide those services to students, but it also helps with retention. If students aren't mentally healthy, then they're not going to be successful in the classroom. They're not likely to, to stay on campus. So it's also, I think folks realize the importance of providing Mental health uh, counseling ensures that they are more successful on campus overall. So what? So we have the numbers for
3: Concord. Um, what are you hearing within the higher education community um,
1: across the country or maybe even across the state? Sure, you know for several years now, if you talk to any uh, one in higher education, particularly student affairs, I think most would say one of the number one issues um, outside the classroom is mental health issues. So there's a real demand. So Concord's not unique that our students need those, services. Um, I do think given our student population and location in southern West Virginia, you know, over 50% of our students are low income. Uh, Unfortunately, we tend to see a bit higher rates of mental health issues, um, given the population in southern West Virginia and some of the issues surrounding poverty and more folks here um, have experienced adverse childhood experiences, which can lead to, to mental health issues. When you
3: found out that there was a wait list for mental health support and it seems kind of scary, especially looking at the numbers and, and knowing
1: mm-hmm. the, the risks that there could be. Um, just what did you think? It's really heartbreaking, actually, to know that our students are struggling and um, that we want to be able to provide whatever we can, services to help them be successful um, successful students both on campus, off campus, after they've graduated from Concord. So it really is heartbreaking. So I was, um, um, one of our priorities in student affairs has been mental health. Do you think that the, the fact that it is at full capacity now and there was a wait list
3: before shows that there is some kind of um, as far as students and, and people in general accepting counseling and, and mental health support? I, I know at one time it was, you know, you people might have said you were considered weak if you mm-hmm. went to a counselor or a therapist. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know the data at Concord, but I've, I have read some things, uh, national surveys about uh, students of color are less likely to utilize counseling services on campus. I think it's getting better. I think there's still more we can do. Sarah Beasley,
3: Vice President of Student Affairs and Dean of Students at Concord University, thank you so much for your time. Thank you,
0: Jessica. In 2021, Concord began a comprehensive mental health initiative that included the creation of a mindfulness room, a mental health committee, and educational workshops. (music) West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.